there and welcome back. I'm Pastor Mike along with my brother uh, Rick uh, Salcedo here, our author and uh, resident genius in our in our church here. <laughs> He's shaking his head. No. We, uh, we've got a great lesson lined out for you today. It's entitled Under God's Umbrella. We're going to be looking back into the Old Testament, back into uh, the book of Numbers here and uh, extrapolating some things out of there that's actually still practical for today's life. Is that correct, Rick? That's correct, Pastor. And um, we're going to be in uh, Numbers chapter twenty-two through twenty-five. And uh, today we're just we're going to kind of read through the scriptures, but paraphrase, okay? Um, so we don't get too uh, um, monotone and bore our listeners to death. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of we're, there's a lot of content, so we'll try to keep it as interesting as we can. And, and folks, remember too, you know, whatever you deposit into something is what you get out of it as well. So take the time, you know, uh, you're driving down the road right now. Uh, it's a great time to listen or if you're sitting at your house right there. But, uh, anyway, I know it's gonna, I know it's gonna bless you. I know it's gonna bless you. Well, Rick, go ahead and get into it, buddy. All right. We're gonna start off in Numbers chapter 22, verse 1, and it reads, The people of Israel marched on and camped on the plains of Moab at Jordan Jericho. Balak, the son of Zippor, learned of all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Now, Balak was the, uh, he was the king of Moab. And the children of Israel, they went to war with the Amorites and mm-hmm. defeated them. So, so Balak was uh, very concerned about the nation of Israel camping right next to his country. Yeah. Um, and verse three goes on to say, the people of Moab were in total panic because of Israel. There were so many of them. They were terrorized. And Moab spoke to the leaders of Midian. Look, this mob is going to clean us out. A bunch of crows picking a carcass clean. So Balak had an idea. He sent uh, emissaries to get Balaam, son of Beor. He lived in the um, eastern part of Aram, which is uh, somewhere around the Syrian-Iraqi uh, border. Okay. Is where it would be today. Um, and, uh, and, of course, Moab is around the... Uh, Jordan River, uh, Dead Sea area. Okay. There, so. Yeah. So he, he sent his emissaries quite a way to get Balaam because Balaam had a reputation of being, uh, somewhat of a prophet. Right. When he cursed someone, they stayed cursed. When he blessed someone, they stayed blessed. Yeah. And so, um, but see, that was what, what Balaam really did was he heard from God. And so when God spoke that this person is, is cursed, because of sin they've been doing or whatever, well, that person got cursed. Right. And when God said, you know, this is a righteous person, they're blessed, they're, you know, my favor is upon them, well, that's what happened. Right. But see, people misunderstood that. They thought <laughs> right. Balaam had that ability. That's right. And and that's what Balak here thinks. He says, you know, this guy, when he curses someone, they're cursed. So let's pay him to curse Israel. That is so true even today as we look at leaders, uh, you know, spiritual leaders, Christian leaders uh, throughout the world. People put them on a pedestal because they may see signs and wonders or, or maybe even knowledge that they're hearing come out that you think, man, this is not of him, you know, but they attribute it to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put them up on this high pedestal and, you know, so often – that's not where they belong. And, and a good Christian leader, we've talked about this in the past, doesn't want to be there. Right. Uh, he wants to be lower down, the servant of God, mm. not the leader, you know. So, but, uh, you're right, man. We still see that even to this day, don't we? Yeah. Any, anyone who's in ministry that's relishing in the attention. Yeah. Uh, and the success, okay. be wary. That's right. Wasn't it Paul that when, uh, remember they, they visited the, the, the unknown God and 
performing, and then they brought calves out to, to sacrifice, and so on and so and they ripped their clothes in, in the streets, but said, we're nothing but mere men. We're not gods on earth, mm-hmm. right? To give the praise and the glory to the true God. Right. You know, that should be a good sign. If you've got somebody standing up in the pulpit that's saying, you know, this is of me, or, or even just letting you say it, that's another mm-hmm. form of acceptance is not even speaking out or rebuking it to where it, and saying this is where the glory needs to go, but just allowing you to, you know, embellish and, 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 and saturate them with praise and honor. Mm-hmm is a sign of acceptance and that's not good either. Right, that's what happened to Herod. Yeah. Um, he gave you know he gave a speech and the people were pandering to him declaring him, you know, these are the words of a god and Herod didn't pass the glory on to God. That's right. He like you said he just allowed them to worship him. He didn't he didn't press them to, but he yep. allowed it and we we know what happened to him. Yeah, brother, we see that today a lot in ministry unfortunately. There are, there are people that are out there that um say one thing but allow you to do another so they say you need to be giving all the glory to god they say that you need to do this but the moment that you say oh but you are this they never correct that either right right that's that's dangerous ground brother anyway go ahead continue on man yeah okay so um balak's emissaries they they get to uh balam's uh house there well they asked him to come and curse israel because they wanted to attack Israel and drive them out, but they, they didn't feel like they could do it on their own, so they right. needed some help for right. them to be cursed. And um, Balaam said, okay, spend the night here and let me see what God says. Mm-hmm. So so uh, that night God came to Balaam and, and told him, don't go with them, send them on their way. Um, and it turns out that he, you know, he told Balaam, the people that are... Balaam didn't know who Israel was. Right. They didn't know they had a covenant with God and that uh, they were his chosen people. Mm-hmm. Um, but God told him, you know, they're, these people that come up from Egypt, they're they're blessed. You know, they, they haven't done anything wrong, and I'm not going to curse them. Mm-hmm. See, right there, that should have told Balak and his people that the power didn't come from Balaam. Right. But they just they just wouldn't see it. Yeah. You know, they were just stuck in their in their notion that we need Balaam here. And we need him to curse Israel, then we can defeat him. Well, there's a level, level of desperation with them too, right? I mean, we, we've mm-hmm. got to have this, right? And sometimes when you're in a desperate mode, you also don't think and see things clearly either. So here it is, the evidence is right in front of them, but yet yeah, their desperation is ruling over everything else too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So God said, or so Balaam said, God won't permit me to go with you, and he sent him back on their way. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, Balak didn't give up. That's right. You know, he was stubborn, so he sent and he sent uh, even more uh, um, dignified nobles. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why he sent more. You know, was it he sent more to try to 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 make a bigger and better impression, or do you think he sent more to try to intimidate that you need to come? I don't know. It could be either way. Yeah. Uh, the Bible does say that they were higher ranking and more distinguished nobles. Yeah. So maybe, so. maybe with that, maybe it is like, uh, I guess maybe it could be twofold then, mm-hmm. right? So more pressure from more prestige, maybe a little impressing and demanding all in the same kind of, you know, request. Yeah. Right? Could be. Yeah. Could be. Right. I mean, that is the way the world operates. That's right. Right. You yeah. don't get it this way. Well, hold on. Let me flex a little better. Yeah. 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 Now see. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of the Godfather, you know, a, uh, <laughs> what, what was that? Uh, a deal they couldn't refuse. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Balak says the same thing to them. 
or Balaam says the same thing to them. You know, he says, spend the night. I'll see what God says. But he, he also clarified Balak could give me his whole house filled with gold and silver. And I can only speak what God says to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that, you know, even ke- though he kept saying, I can only speak what God says to me. It, it seems to be going in one ear and out the other of the, uh, Block and his nobles. Yeah, I mean, they were trying to basically. Then it, it went from the. I feel like it almost went from the intimidation and the, um, you know, uh, prestige factor to the bribery factor when they said, "Hey, you know, well, we're gonna we'll, we'll shower you with lavish gifts if you'll do this for us," you know. Mm-hmm. And that's where he's, you know, hey, look, it reminds me of, uh, well, you know, the Bible tells us that it's the the love of money. The greed of money. That's the root of all evil, right? Right. And, and that is a, that, that is woven into this story. This story illustrates that. Absolutely. Because, um, even though Balaam told him over and over, I can only speak what God wants, you know, he was coveting that money. You know, he saw an opportunity to, to get wealthy. Yeah. And we'll see that play out later on. That's right. That's right. Sorry, did I jump too far ahead there? But, uh, Hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of see that here. That's that first little seed that got planted right here is when Mm -hmm. they said that when they, and I believe it's in verse, uh, what is it? There it is. 16. They came to Balaam and and said, Balak, son of Zippor says, please do not refuse to come to me. I will honor and reward you lavishly. Anything you tell me to do, I will do. I'll pay anything, only come and curse these people. Right. That's that first little seed they got planted, right, of, of, of mm-hmm. thinking of it from a monetary point of view. And remember, Satan even used that against Jesus or tried to use that against mm-hmm. Jesus in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Look at all this, behold, all this. All these kingdoms. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's all about not just it's what you have, but what you can see, the tangible piece of it, which is why we live by faith and not by sight. Right. Anyway, go ahead, brother. Well, also, I want to point out here, um, so, uh, Balaam has a uh, relationship with God, mm-hmm. okay, but he's not an Israelite, you know. So it's inter- interesting to, to see that God had relationships with people even before the Bible was written, right? You know, even before salvation manifested, sure, uh, salvation through Christ manifested. Mm-hmm. Um, we see in the Old Testament he had a relationship with uh, Balaam, Job, Elihu, yeah. uh, in the book of Job. That's a fun word to say. Yeah. Eli who? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it boils down to having a personal relationship with God, not necessarily being part of a people group or religion. Right. So uh, we pick back up in verse 20, and it says, um, so the second group of nobles is spending the night there at Balaam's. And God came to him that night and said, uh, since these men have come all the way, go ahead and go with them. But make sure you only say what I tell you to say. Um. So God's reinforcing that. So he saw the potential in Balaam where he could deviate and, you know, maybe curse him of his own words, curse Israel of his own words to get that wealth. Mm-hmm. And so God's warning him, you know, go ahead and go with them, but only say what I tell you to say. Yep. And so the next morning, um, they, they head out to, to return to Moab and Balaam's with them and he's riding on his donkey. Yep. And, um, it doesn't clarify this right away, but I think Balaam got over eager about going there and, and getting wealthy. Could be. You yeah. know, he was, he was excited about that wealth and he was hoping things would, would, uh, pan out to where he could curse Israel and get that wealth. And God got angry at him. Yeah. See, his motive changed from going there to speak the word of God 
to going there to get rich. Yeah, we're starting to see that seed now starting to get a little bit of roots going on. Right. And I just had a little time thinking about it and uh, meditating on it and so on and so forth. I agree with you 100%. I think that's what we see, especially when you say that because it kind of catches you off guard because uh, in 22, verse 22, as he was going, though, God's anger flared. And you kind of wonder why did God's anger right. flare? Right. It doesn't explain it right away. That's right. A little farther down it does. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And so... um it's interesting where how the animals. I wonder if animals can see angels and we can't. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, well, I, I think so. I mean, it tells us right here. Of course, God could have, you know, opened the eyes of that donkey to see. But you yeah. know, we know that there's another realm here. Mm-hmm. And um, man, you know, animals has played such a huge part in the Bible and in our life. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, you know, man, I'm I'm not gonna say no. Yeah, <laughs> there's, I think there's scientific evidence where animals can make sounds and hear sounds that we can't that's right and they can see types of light and and i guess levels of light that we can't and so the the, uh chapter goes on to tell us that the donkey saw the angel there that had its sword uh sword brandished and so she veered off the side of the the road into a ditch and of course uh balaam got upset and he, he beat the donkey and then a little bit later, they're what they're going through a vineyard, and there's a, a fence on either side. So the donkey squeezes way to the side, and and uh, smashes his foot up against the fence. And so, of course, you know, I'm sure that didn't feel very well. Right. So along with frustration, you know, physical pain. So right. he beats the donkey again, and um, it's amazing. You know, if we could learn loyalty and faithfulness from animals, mm-hmm. like a dog. Right. You know, um, maybe we would be more loyal and faithful to God. Yeah. And so, uh, because, you know, the donkey kept serving, uh, Balaam. Right. You know, he didn't, uh, or she didn't buck him off and run off or, you know, try to trample him or anything out of anger. Uh, she took the beating and then it kept on, uh, submissively, you know, serving Balaam. So they continue. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to make sure that we, that if we didn't say it, because I can't remember if we did or not. You know, all this was out of because the donkey was seeing the angel of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so all this that the donkey was doing was because he was seeing something that nobody else was seeing. Right. So I just want to make sure we pointed that out. I couldn't remember if we had said that or not. But, yeah. And but, and that's a good point because if none of the people there, I'm sure the nobles were looking at Balaam like. <laughs> What's going on with this fool? Have you not you taught, taught this donkey or what are yeah. you doing over there? This yeah. guy's going to come curse our enemies for us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, he can't even ride a mule, man. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure Balaam was feeling a little self-conscious too, right. you know, losing a lot of his dignity. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so I, I guess I could see his anger, you know, yeah. somebody, uh, you know, even though he had anointing on him, it, it seemed like he still had a, a lot of spiritual growing up to do. Oh, don't he, we all? But yes, yeah. I agree with you 100%. And, um, you know, pride plays into this. Don't, don't think it doesn't. There's mm-hmm. pride in here mm-hmm. as well in this lesson. But anyway, go ahead, brother. Okay. So the third time, uh, the God's angel blocked away. That was a very narrow passage and there was no way of getting around it. So being faithful and loyal, the donkey just sat down. Right in the middle of the road. <laughs> and, and Balaam lost his temper and just, and beat the donkey, uh, even worse, I guess. 
And this is amazing. I mean, this right here would catch my attention. <laughs> God opens Balaam's ears so he can hear the donkey. Well, the donkey, he opens the donkey's mouth so he could speak. She could yeah. speak. And she, <laughs> can you imagine, you, you know, starting to have a conversation with your dog or your sure. horse or something? I mean, that would catch my attention. It's like, well, this is not normal. <laughs> something, something supernatural is going on here. That's right. And as a father, I can tell you, you know, I've seen the movie Shrek here, you know, and mm-hmm. every time I, I, I read this, that's what I think about is that talking donkey <laughs> off of Shrek. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what's crazy to me is, is that he talks back to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. If a donkey started talking to me, I don't know that I would be engaging in conversation I yeah. may be you running. have to get over the shock too that's exactly right that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right yeah well, well rick but before we get too far along we're out of time for today but man I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens after he opens up the donkey's mouth here but uh but anyway brother sign us off of here and okay. uh, get us ready for our next one well um that's all we have for today then and uh, here at red river rising and we thank you for listening we hope that you got something out of it today Uh, We encourage you to join us next time as we continue discussing God's umbrella of protection. And until then, keep on preparing your heart for the coming revival. Amen. Amen.